0: come on and take a free ride what if there was a patreon which gave you 30 comics a month for three dollars no way this summer you're gonna find house of decline patreon patreon.com slash house of decline come on and take a free ride Free ride. Yeah, that's uh yeah. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. This is the ad read for our own stuff at the beginning of the episode. And that's a play on the fact that for some reason, every movie trailer in the 90s had free ride in the yeah. trailer. Every every comedy trailer had free ride even today. You know, you'll still you'll still hear that song. It, it connotes good times. It connotes laughs and rebaldery. Just yeah. like this show that you're listening to right now. There's going to be some laughs and rebaldery on this on this program. Isn't that right, Stephen? It's, that's right.
1: Although you did say this summer um, in the ad read. You, you don't have to wait until the summer to subscribe. No, you can do it now. You can yeah. do it anytime on Patreon.com slash House of Decline. That's H-A-U-S of Decline. You get a free comic every day. Mm-hmm. Not free for three dollars. Sorry, you get a.
0: But yeah, yeah a th- anytime, any Adam Sandler comic.
1: You get um Adam Sandler. You get a
0: free comic for three dollars. Adam Sandler that's will come to your
1: house if you subscribe yeah. to our Patreon. Uh,
0: Adam hug me. Adam Sandler, I'm at your house. I want to talk your penis. <laughs> oh, let me talk your penis a little. Adam Sandler, stop doing your dumb guy character in my house. Oh, now I'm getting mad. Like my dumb guy character frequently got. Oh, yeah. I like how he's. Uh, I like how he's friends with Paul Thomas Anderson. That's a cute friendship to me.
1: Wow, that's he's. That means he's only like
0: one person removed from Tom York. <laughs> that's. I'd like to. I'd like to see them hanging out. I'd like to see Adam Sandler doing all the Radiohead songs. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Tom York, I really like that song. Everything in this right place. I, f- I will turn the bars for you now. Everything. Avatar! yeah that's there's a classic bit of adam sandler do it singing radiohead in his in his dumb guy voice yeah how does right how does regular adam sandler talk he just sort of talks like a new hampshire jewish guy who was born in the in the 70s he was born in the 70s right was he born in, i think he was born in the 60s actually wow probably late a 60s gen-, gen x hero adam sandler He is a Gen X hero. You know, uh, people mocked grownups for being like, oh, this is a movie where you just, you know, spent 50 million dollars on a vacation for all your friends. Yes, that's amazing. You spent you you made a movie that's a vacation for your friends and it made a huge profit such that it made grownups, too. And everyone knows chocolate wasted, you know, whether, whether or not. You know, they enjoy Adam Sandler movies and the big money shills. People still pay to see them because, you know, I think for the same principle as people listen to podcasts, it's a it's a parasocial endeavor. For some reason, people want to hang out with the Adam Sandler friend group. You got Adam Sandler and Kevin James and, you know, Chris Rock's there occasionally. And, you know, I guess Andy Samberg's part of it now. There's this whole Adam adam sandler group of people that you envision yourself as a part of yeah the adam sandler extended universe yeah yeah the as aseu the ass universe. yeah the ass that's universe. Th- i mean eventually like there's going to be an adam sandler multiverse movie where happy gilmore and billy madison and mr deeds they all get together all the all the sandlers got to get together and little nicky and they got to stop like See, see, that's what I would pitch to Adam Sandler, is what if you play 20 roles, it's all your movies, all of your characters with all their powers from the movie, you get the click guy with his time, with his spatial abilities, you know, you get, you know, obviously Billy Madison's in there, and he's, uh, you know, using his wealth, he's like the Batman of the crew, you know, you got, you got Happy Gilmore, and he's beating to people uh, to death with a golf club, and cutting them with stakes. you know, this is... My Adam Sandler multiverse How are we going right? to do
1: Billy Madison 2? What do you think that is, Billy Madison 2? Do you think he just goes back to school again?
0: I, I think it'd be funny if he went to grad school and, like, got really depressed and killed himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that would be like, oh, why did I waste all this money on my, on this history degree? Why did I waste all of that? No, no, obviously, grad school is a fine option. It's, go
1: to grad a, school. Yeah, go, go do that if that's your thing. If you want to spend more time in school as much possible, you can do every single kind of school, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not uh, not yeah, for me, to... you know? I like to be out there in the real world uh, getting my hands dirty, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> school is the School of Hard Knocks. That's right. That's where I went to school, too. The School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. Uh, I, I put that on my Facebook when it goes to education. It goes. I go, School of Hard Knocks. And then I post a picture of me where uh, I'm the Joker and then my girlfriend is Harley Quinn. And we're like, we're a crazy couple. Too crazy for you. Yeah. yeah you it's know? Facebook
1: from, like, the teens. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what Facebook from the teens
0: was like. Yeah. It was everyone. Everyone is the Joker. You know, every 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 man thinks of themselves as the Joker. Every man has a little Joker inside of him. Every man has a little Joker inside of him, you know, telling him. Telling him to you know uh, burn stuff and you know laugh you know all those gay things that you don't want to do. Well, and maybe the the what the Joker is really is Batman's gay side. Hmm. I mm-hmm. think uh, because you know he's he dresses flamboyantly. You know he's he's a bit kooky. He's a bit fruity. He's a bit fae. You know. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn is devoted to him. Uh, but the Joker is never reciprocating her advances, at least in the original cartoon, which makes me think that Harley Quinn is indeed a hag. You know, she's she's a classic. Uh, she's a classic broad from Queens who got caught up with a charismatic gay man who she fell in love with. And, you know, I think that's a more interesting story than their sarcrass lovers, you know, I think or not sarcastic love. But that's. That's been the Joker, Harley Quinn narrative is like, well, I have a fucked up relationship and that's what makes it tumultuous and cool. And, you know, that's why you saw a lot of people emulating that idea. But really, I think the relationship between uh, Joker and Harley Quinn is, is much more like, uh, I don't know, who who's the most famous hag in history? Who's a, a I don't want it, the F slur hag. Uh, right, I think it's Barbara hag? Streisand. No, well, she got she got plenty of dick, you know. She wasn't she didn't fail, fall in love with gay men constantly.
2: Hmm. Okay. I guess
0: uh, on Thirty Rock, Tina Fey's character, Liz Lemon, uh, famously has reoccurring jokes where she falls in love with gay dudes. I think that happens to Elaine in Seinfeld, right? Yes, but Elaine converts them for a bit, but then fails. Be, and then they have the speech about having access to one's equipment. Right. Well, wow, so progressive that show it was they had a lot of gay panic episodes they had at least a yeah. two three gay panic episodes there's the one where george gets the massage and he has the i think it moved of course <laughs> it's, yeah. i don't know gay panic plots are pretty funny man speaking of, as a gay man i think it's very funny when straight men feel very insecure about it that's uh yeah
1: well that one is funny because it's like jerry is kind of the voice of sanity and is like so what um
0: I actually think the one where they're talking about not that there's anything wrong with that, the mm-hmm. one where they've been outed. I think that's actually people saw it as, you know, less than progressive. But I think that's actually a great commentary on the internal homophobia of liberals, of like New York liberals, of like people that consider themselves progressive. So they say this weird little mantra in order to you know cover up their own insecurity. Um, I, I like that because you rarely see sort of critiques of liberals in mainstream stuff you know the the last big one was get out and you know everyone loved that but even like liberals who watched it didn't really understand what it was about, like they didn't understand it was commenting on them they thought yeah. it was about those other ones i mean know? when
1: i saw it i was like yeah i would also vote for obama a third time that guy yeah he was oh he yeah he was right, on, right on
0: right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um man i i uh, you know who's in that movie is caleb landry jones who for like 2016 to 2018 appeared in every single movie he was in twin peaks he was in uh fucking uh uh what's that movie oh god it's got a oh my god As he was in twin peaks the return he was with the man to save Reed. he was in three billboards outside ebbing missouri that weird sort of straight uh, <laughs> That movie is very strange because it's written by Martin McDonough mm-hmm. and it's clearly written about Ireland but he has transposed you know Catholics and Protestants uncomfortably into white people and black people mm. so, so it's like and it doesn't work like that movie is strange because spoilers the the racist cop played by Sam Rockwell gets sort of a redemption arc which sort of uh which sort of plays very. <laughs> Yeah, it plays a little strange in the movie you know it, it was very popular especially with liberals at the time but uh as like just a year after it came out all the george floyd stuff was going on so I don't know if you would be able to I don't know if you'd be able to get away with that blatant whitewashing of a racist cop today um people certainly didn't like the movie because of that you could probably get away with it yeah I mean you get you get away with it on TV all the time you, you, you know you can get away with a lot of stuff as a white guy you're right I should I should try and get away with more stuff you should get away you should try to get away with some stuff I should try and get away with some stuff as a white guy I'm gonna use I'm gonna use my classic white guy weasel style the way of the weasel <laughs> the way of the weasel you know what i think that i think that's actually a fucking scott adams book i think that's actually scott adams
1: yeah well he is he is a a classic example of a white guy who keeps getting away with stuff
0: yeah he 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 gets away with openly admitting i watched my stepson die yeah (laughs) i love when he said that it reminded me of when uh walter white said to said to aaron paul i watched jane die (laughs) Mm. It'd break back. Uh, yeah, I never liked that character. So I was kind of, I was kind of okay with that. You know, you didn't like Jane. You didn't like the hot, the hat gas girl, the hot goth heroin addict. Yeah. Sorry. Not my type. Sorry. Not your type. You not. you don't like Christian Ritter and her, her long neck. No, you know, you know, I like my, my goths to be Latina. Uh, you, you, you want your <laughs> Latina goths. Well, yeah, that's the original goths, you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the bulk of the episode I like saying that but yeah it's something I wanted to discuss it's funny that we have this podcast and it is adjacent to sort of the comics uh, but we funny, never really talk about the comics it is on funny the and adjacent
1: that's so, that's so correct
0: It's <laughs> those, those are both true things <laughs> two true things and so I've been thinking you know maybe I, I want to discuss a little of what I've been doing with the together comic, and, Oh, great. you I can, know, I,
1: can uh, I can use this opportunity to give you a huge uh, list of constructive
0: criticism. G- give me it. some critiques, yeah, yeah. Give me some some devastating critiques. You're, You're gonna, gonna, gonna be in tears it. by the end of this episode. Great, fantastic. All right. Um, I w- one thing that's great about long form storytelling, or what I'm learning. And not long form storytelling in specific, but rather serialized long form storytelling is I really like getting feedback from people speculating on what's going to happen next. And um, I like it when I set stuff up deliberately and somebody falls for my little trap, Mm. you know, (laughs) somebody. uh... So spoilers for my own comic, if you haven't read it. spoilers for together, if you haven't read it, but I'm going to be spoiling some plot points that have been revealed up till now. And, um, but, but, um, one that I wanted to specifically talk about that I was, it was really gratifying to see the payoff of was, um, in the beginning, I had set up these two characters, Nate and Janice to be, you're not sure if their relationship is unhealthy or not. There are lots of signs that it's unhealthy. You know, Nate's been out of work for 15 months and, you know, Janice is exhausted and overworked and, You know, they're sort of they have struggles with money in the beginning. You're not quite sure how strong their relationship is because you're deliberately given very little information about them. So when people were saying, like speculating, ah, they're fucked up and codependent, you know, I was like, yes, yes. Based on the little information I've given you, you're extrapolating where this could possibly go. I, I like this. And so when I reveal eventually I've revealed that the relationship is not really codependent, but rather based on mutual love and appreciation. We finally got to that point where they've, they're going into each other's minds. The telepathy serum has built up in their body and they're going to each other's minds. And, uh, they're discovering that, no, they actually truly love each other in a way that would be considered healthy. I mean, there are some problems that you face is like, how do you convey a healthy relationship? You know, I... How do you, or how do you convey a relationship that you think of as loving or if not necessarily idealized, you know, um, where does it come from? Because everyone has like a different reference point for well, what I, a healthy relationship I, I got a is. a good
1: suggestion. <clears throat> sure, or If you sure. wanted to convey uh, the deepness of their love, you should do a scene where he does like a flash mob
0: proposal.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you, yeah. That's how you really know. Yeah that's the ultimate i mean he's gotten a thing together that was a thing for a while i think there were like has there been a flash mob in this is us that sounds like a very this is us contrivance where there's a i know there was a flash mob in modern family that's that's the i don't don't watch um
1: media with unclear antecedents pronouns with unclear antecedents this is us has two unclear pronouns with unclear antecedents i'm not gonna watch that i don't know what's this who is us no thank you
0: <laughs> the uh, one one time, our our we had some f- freaky art friends, and they released a, a Christmas card that had all of them in sweaters, like looking vacantly at the camera. That said, one of you is us. Yeah, and that that's what this is us always reminded me of. Sort of this ominous, like freakish cult. Yeah, shout, out, the... shout out, to Colin and I believe Adam and I believe Quentin, uh, Colin, Adam, Bailey, Quentin, and and friend and Dorian, who's been on. Uh. Ah they were i think they were all, all they friends were of all the in pod there.
1: come on the show if you're listening any of you folks we'd love yes. to have you i loved uh, being in colin's project um i got fucking wasted and went out into <laughs> a field and was banging shit like crazy he's doing a field yeah recording. that
0: really he, yeah our, our buddy colin had like this really good senior project where he arranged people in a field playing different instruments and he would travel through it walking while recording and that would be the piece sort of it the fading a in, and in it was a, it's a very stellar idea yeah I, i'd like to see that type of thing reproduced yeah, um, great
1: musicians most of them i believe um I writers don't know if, musicians I don't know good art, musicians, art people
0: but. um they inspire me to do stuff like this to do this long form storytelling yeah. to do this um because uh the thing about doing the penis comics is that they're good but I, I have this rapid production of them uh and that was sort of intended as uh there as a training process for me i there's in there's an old episode of pokemon right. <laughs> if i would like that where ash goes to this training ground where he meets this intense trainer called aj i think it is and he is in the in the dub he has a southern accent i'm it's funny they gave him a southern accent and he puts like yeah uh, the right puts the sandtrues in gay training harnesses puts the ratitas in gay training harnesses mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah thinking about it now man those really look like the harnesses that 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 i frequently see leather daddies wearing
1: um, where are you frequently seeing leather
0: daddies i i i live near the church Wellesley village in toronto you, okay. i frequently well, you see just i'm self-doxed. frequently seeing leather I just daddies
1: you once there again you into self doxing
0: I, uh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't mind people knowing the general area of where I live. Really? They could gonna... s- someone
1: who's pissed off about the comic could set off a dirty
0: bomb. Give my assassination coordinates. Yeah, just
1: give yours. <laughs> we eh. can't talk about the assassination coordinates. <laughs> Are you crazy? We'll get banned, man. You're going to get your account banned if you talk about the assassination coordinates.
0: I've been talking smack about Elon is, like, too many people are talking smack about him for, for all of them to get banned. And, you know, I, I've been saying uh, some of the least bad stuff about him. You know, a lot of people are just telling him to straight-up kill himself, which is, uh, you know, I, I figure that's that's a bigger fish to fry than me just saying, Oh, Elon, oh, making my dumb Elon Musk jokes. I mean, you know, it's, um,
1: I think... He's gonna do that thing where he's like, "This is all like, it's all been part of my plan to increase engagement."
0: He's been doing that. He's been saying, "You know, this is all, this is all part of the plan." Which
1: which sucks because like you kind of are playing into his hands if you're like posting on Twitter a lot more because you're pissed about Elon Musk. So I just ignore it. I'm 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 on Twitter for the laughs. Okay, I'm not on there for politics. I'm not on there for. I'm I'm on there for the laughs, and I'm on there to tell. People that I think they're an R slur. Okay. <laughs> like the guy most recently, the guy uh, I called that was tweeting something about how it's actually proletarian to be mm-hmm. uh, pro AI. Okay. Because actually it's the, work, it's the working man artist yeah. who will benefit the most. And like, well, this, I was like, that's is. obviously not true. <laughs> this is why you can use slurs still. Well, yeah. Because of this kind of stuff which I know not everyone will agree with, but come on.
0: I think that's the other form. The other thing about long form storytelling, especially nowadays that I see as sort of counter to the encroaching nightmare technology is AI art is like a big thing that has, that's been coming up. It come, came up again recently, um, I think uh, the, the discourse this time got started because some guy made a children's book, an entirely AI art-generated children's book, which sucked, but they sold on Amazon, and you know, uh, uh I, we've talked about it before, how there is a labor issue, one that won't necessarily affect me, because the AI art that's being produced isn't... I think it will affect you. I mean, I don't... Yeah, probably. I, I know you're saying it won't, but... They're going to,
1: it's going to get better to the point where it's, it's going to affect everybody and, you know, you should stop using it.
0: Well, that is, you know, the reason, you know, it's funny how I've sort of developed this style, which I feel is as counter, as antithetical to the reproduction of AI art as possible, which is uh, for many reasons. One, because the line is shitty. It's not my sort of like shitty jittery line that I have from, not from, like, uh, any sort of expertise, but from a practiced amateurishness, I think that thing is incredibly hard to replicate. Like, sort of the unique shittiness Mm -hmm. of of a practicedly amateur line is harder to replicate than, say, those very technically uh, technically competent digital paintings of night elves that you see on, like, DeviantArt uh, pages and stuff like that. So... The other thing about it is that there is sort of uh, – there's idiosyncrasy to the dialogue and to the plot, I feel, that you know a computer couldn't necessarily come up with because special attention has been made to the idea that I'm, I'm thinking about what hasn't been done before, which a computer just can't. The computer can only reference something mm. which has been done before. Yes. before. A computer – can't turn its mind to what hasn't been done. Well, this, this is the
1: last thing I want to say on AI, and we should go back to talking about your comic together. Uh, yes. Which will soon be available on houseofdecline.com. Uh, but AI is like it's like a neutral, it's neutral, basically. But what you, you know, who's using it? Humans. And if you, th- yeah. you think humans are more good than bad, you know, and I, I tend to think humans are bad, so... It, the, here's shit,
0: my shit the here's what I will out? say about it it's bad yeah. um, what do you say what, what, I saw the movie Enter the Dragon the Bruce Lee movie Enter the Dragon when I was like 10 years old and oh, it's hell this yeah. foundational movie in my mind You yeah, know, you gotta it, be like everything yeah. yeah yeah well I don't think he says that in that movie that's from the famous interview well well fuck you then this is so, sorry, but the thing that he said, the philosophical precept or uh, the, uh, yeah. the G- proverb G-Ku that he says in that movie.
1: You, you're talking to a Bruce Lee head over here. <laughs> talking I, to real Lee I I, I I boycott that fucking Tarantino movie.
0: don't start once upon a time in hollywood discourse that's so tiring i'm not i'm not in that Fuck you yeah i have i have my opinions about that but i'm not gonna read it but the point is bruce lee and enter the dragon there's this great scene right at the beginning (laughs) where he's he's talking to he's he's instructing a kid in martial arts and um the kid is doing moves that are okay and uh, bruce lee is like it needs emotional content you know what what you know makes a punch better than another punch it needs emotional content there needs to be something behind the punch which right. you know and that scene reproduces itself in the movie because like a lot of his battles are with like one of the battles with the guy that killed his sister and there's all these flashbacks going back to that and, you know what his motivation is and you know there and he says something very interesting as well because he says emotional content but not anger But it's sort of hard to distinguish that in the movie, that sort of uh, the line between, you know, what is part of that generic emotional force, you know, that sort of energy which makes things better versus that blind anger. You know, that's a question that the movie keeps coming back to. But then the next thing he says uh, to the kid is it's a proverb. It's like a finger pointing at the moon. Do not focus on the finger or you will miss all of that heavenly glory. And, you know, that obviously can have as many meanings as you want, and I'm sure I'm interpreting it incorrectly. But what it means to me is that if you focus too much on the technical aspect of how to make something, of how to create something, then you will lose out on sort of the wider glory of it. You oh, will yeah. lose out on sort of the wider sentiment of something. Definitely. And yeah. It's it's more it's people that ask how too much and not why enough. Uh-huh. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean anecdotally my own from just making, you know, music music production and stuff. Like some of my best stuff is like stuff where I wasn't trying too hard and it's accidental and I'm like, and I can never recreate that sound. Like I got the best guitar tone ever. Mm-hmm. And I've never been able to recreate from Putting a m- shitty 10 watt amp up next to my iBook G4's built-in speaker, and mm-hmm. I somehow got the best guitar tone I've ever gotten. And, oh yeah, um, that's you know asking how, not why. It's not totally related, but uh, <laughs> you can't when you when you have music. It's hard to ask why. That's an interesting yeah. question to ask about music. It's like why did you uh, make it sound this way, which is hard to answer, but. It might be easier to answer with visual art. I don't know what you think.
0: Well, I think, you know, why is like you should be able to answer why. And, you know, when you you ask like one of these AI art people why, you know, they usually come down to these sort of um, bullshit fake out responses like, oh, this is proletarian or, you know, this is for people that aren't as skilled at art or, you know. It's like there's never like the why the question of why has to come down to the original idea, emotional content. What is the emotional content, you know? And, you know, when you say best guitar tone, you know, best implies, you know, it's the best sounding. But that's it's the best sounding because it triggers some sort of emotional response in you, either because, you know, I, I think to you it, it would have that sense of placidity or, you know, sort of dreaminess that you like. In say the guitars of XTC or something—that's oh, well, yeah. how you would I mean, judge like that's the how, best guitar well, that's tone. That's how I am
1: now. This is this was um this was actually like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was a distorted guitar tone. So it was not it was not like what I like now. I, you know, I'm all about that jangle. Now, yeah, that jangle, that, um, yeah, dreamy listen, jangle. Listen to the bonus episode this week. I'll talk more about that jangle and some of the music <laughs> I've been listening to. Of course, you got to subscribe at patreoncom house of decline. That's it, yeah, it's going to be because that
0: episode will be called Jangle Unchained. And yeah, that is a great name for a power pop band. <laughs> j- jangle <and> j- shake. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, and AI art, I'm sure eventually you'll get to a point where, because I'm watching like Star Trek, too. I've been watching a lot of Star Trek Voyager mm-hmm. lately, which is a very bizarre entry into the Star Trek series. It's like sort of kitty. Like, where, like, Deep Space Nine was a lot headier and, like, almost Shakespearean and very, like, theatrical and play-like. Like, Voyager is, like, a, a kid's action show from the 90s, like, Sequest or something like that. It's, like, filled with bright colors and, like, dumb actiony plots and sort of broad comic relief characters like Neelix and even the Doctor and stuff like that. Um... Uh- <laughs> I forget what my larger point about Voyager was. Okay. I just would say I'm watching a lot of Voyager, which is uh, influencing influencing my ideas about stuff. Um, but also, yeah, it, it's like, uh, yeah, you, you it, just a lot of the sensibilities have changed since that time. Like with the handling of Chakotay and like indigenous stuff. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that that really ages the show more than a lot of other. Uh, more than a lot of other stuff. I was actually looking up, because uh, I was wondering, has there ever been a Jewish character in Star Trek? Has there ever been like a mainline character named like uh, Shecky, Shecky Horowitz? You know, <laughs> Ensign Shecky Horowitz. There, there's there been every other every other type of character, but no Jewish character on Star Trek. And I, I wonder why that was. William Shatner was Jewish. Leonard Nimoy was Jewish. I guess Spock is supposed to be Jewish. I am gonna read Spock I as mean, Jewish. Aren't the Ferengi? Boo! Boo! No, they 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 uh, Star Trek uh, had had to work very hard in order to get rid of that association. Really? Yeah, what? yeah. Because well, immediate criticism of the Ferengi was like, uh, eh, this seems a little anti-Semitic." I mean, yeah, that's kind, of, uh,
1: that's, kind of, that's kind of that's kind of they're like the money obsessed like yeah they they're, kind of talk. Didn't one character like talk with like a New York accent?
0: They're short, witty, yeah. money-obsessed guys with weird facial features, you know. Um, but uh, the Ferengis are not supposed to be Jewish people. Uh, that's like, I think that's sort of a bad faith interpretation of them. They're supposed to be 20th century capitalists. That welcome is to, the joke. Welcome to the Bad Ferengi. Faith Pod with Virgil, yeah, it's Texas. It's bad faith Pod. And you, you're you Bri. I'm Virgil i'm not gonna do a brie brie isn't that here's my brie brie impression i'm brie i'm brianna Greyjoy. i mean i would rather be virgil texas than her i would rather be (laughs) horrible
1: escaped groomer virgil texas who somehow escaped the charges and is off off. he's off on the lam he's talking he's he's probably talking chatting up girls on the internet
0: with and he should be in jail well, the last time Virgil Texas came up, apparently he wrote some article for some sort of conservative newspaper, like, a couple months ago. And that's the last that anyone's ever heard I of I haven't it.
1: got confirmation on that. Um, I heard that. Oh, uh, that might have been nothing. It might have been, like, a fake. But, yeah, he he disappeared. Um, you should write him into Together. <laughs> yeah, Virgil Texas shows up. Virgil
0: Texas shows up and he, have him do something fucked up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that shit was... Uh, man, I would be so fucking mad... If Virgil, Texas, like if I had a friend who turned out to be a Virgil, Texas. Why don't you, What? Happened, what whatever happened to your long form Chapo comic? I, I scrapped that when I realized it was the dumbest shit on earth yeah. and I should be drawing my own shit. It's, it's fun. I'm going to make fun of you for that for a while. You should make fun of me for that for a while. I was, I got very parasocial with the Chapos yeah. uh, for a while. You know, I was just, I got really depressed when I was like in 2016 and 2017 and I was just... Cycling through all those Chapo episodes because here, here are my internet friends. They like me. They know me, they they make Simpsons references like I do. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, and
1: Nick, Nick Mullen's the king of that, though. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's and how, like, I, my best friend in middle school and I like interacted was him making Simpsons references and me laughing my ass off. So that uh, dynamic is like. To find out that that dynamic is more is like actually common and spread out all over America and now even the the wider speaking world as The Simpsons has of course gone global. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, you know. It makes me feel like, uh, you know,
0: us dudes, we we got to stick up for each other. Yeah, yeah we're inheriting the earth right now us dudes us you know dudes. that's those uh, of course dudes are the only people that make simpsons references you know it's true i mean you know i have no one ever, no one other than dudes have has you ever <laughs> heard a non-dude a make simpsons a simpsons reference? reference yes i've heard plenty of non-dudes make a get simpsons reference get out of very popular i want proof no. i want names no, not with your casual misogyny what your casual your casual simpsons misogyny excuse me here. but dude is gender neutral okay so okay there you go now we're gonna have this debate now we're gonna is dude is guy gender neutral is guy gender neutral (laughs) is is saying hey you guys is that a microaggression (laughs) we're very qualified to talk about this and we should talk about this
1: about um whether or not words are i mean in english dude is a neutral noun because we don't have genders in english i i don't what so stop
0: it stop there stop with this line de, of questioning railing your podcast episodes, um. derailing my awful, my awful rant right well let's um, get back into your very trans back into my comic, back into uh, my together. incredibly transphobic <laughs> co- whoa what what? <laughs> what stop it well actually you know it's it's interesting because i hope someone doesn't interpret it that way yeah. Because it is about sort of like, uh, it's a man and a woman coming together and becoming one entity. And uh-huh. I think there are, you know, queer elements or, or trans elements you could read onto that. That's certainly not my intention. And it would not be my intention to display it as like a, a negative thing, even if it were or, or anything like that. But
1: Well, that's interesting. Are they becoming
0: the same person? That I mean, we're gonna we're gonna explore that idea. You know, what does it mean to be two people in the same body, or would, oh, uh, will boy. they eventually? where their personalities eventually merge oh. as well, to where the where they'll start thinking themselves as one person? I'm
1: very, I'm pretty, I've been on a hot streak with my predictions of me of media plots. You know, because I, I was predicting the Y Lotus plot of season one mm. and just getting
0: it right on, yeah, right right down. You know, to the. You you saw all these characters, and it's going to be a heavy-handed but well-executed uh, plot about modern rich people and their gentrifying ass habits. And uh, I I've watched the second. I like how different the second season is from the first season because uh, I guess because it takes place in Sicily, so and not Hawaii, so there's no overarching colonialism narrative to be had there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that I it focuses much more on infidelity, right? And, uh, the the those problems among the wealthier class mike white fantastic writer love his stuff love school of rock love uh, enlightened
1: yeah i was reading about mike white he's he hates classic rock
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny? really funny that he. yeah, yeah. He I, like, I mean that makes me like him even more i
1: know he wrote it for he like wrote it for his friend jack black
0: <laughs> yeah it's like i know my friend
1: likes classic rock i'll write him a, a special movie
0: <laughs> That's how he talks, dude. That's exactly how he talks. Kind of is how he talks. He's like a yeah. like a little weenie guy who's like a genius. Yeah, he's a he's a gay ge- gay genius, Mike White. I think he's bi, dude. Don't do a bi erasure. I'm doing yeah, here. bi erasure yeah. here. Come All on, the time. I'm even erasing myself. You are. You you just did that. There you go. uh <laughs> Do you think people who say that uh, John Wayne Gacy was just pretending to be bi are doing bi erasure? Definitely, it's happen- It's constantly <laughs> happening. It's a real
1: problem, <laughs> and you're laughing. I'm and
0: you're laughing. laughing. You're doing bi erasure, and you're la- laughing. Mary, you're doing bi erasure, and you're laughing. Um, fucking um. Yeah, yeah, I. So another aspect of the comic. Uh, that I've been enjoying is like a, 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 in serialization is when people guess the plot correctly and there's sort of a desire to like now not do what I was going to do because someone has accurately guessed what's going to happen next. But then you realize ah, it's not so like the plots are usually you can you can tell where they're going. It's it's how it's executed. It is the journey, not the destination, you know, as as they say, the old ad. Yes. So don't stop believing, baby. It's uh if someone if you are doing a serialized thing and someone accurately guesses where the story is going, don't diverge. Keep going. Keep going with the original plan, because if I actually take it as a compliment, too, because that means I have laid like the correct seeds for someone to be able to interpret where it's going. And I've, I have foreshadowed stuff correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually take it as a compliment when someone's able to figure out the broad strokes of where a story is going. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think uh, other aspects of it, too, are I, I wanted to create something more substantial, you know, and the penis comics are plenty substantial. You know, they they have you know, emotion and heart. But yeah, once you make like 700 of them in a year and, you know, you're you're going through a lot of them are the same joke, too. A, what if a penis was this? What if a penis was that? A penis could be a telephone. A penis could be a flag. A penis could be a blender. You know, it's it, a lot of it is variations on the same yeah, joke. You so did,
1: you never did my idea, which I was a little offended by. Okay, which, <laughs> which was, was your idea? Again? Penis jousting.
0: Oh, the penis! I did do penis jousting. You did? You did like medieval guys doing? Oh, they weren't medieval guys, but it was two guys jousting with their uh, yeah, they're oh. jousting with their penises, and then their penises hit together and they crack into. They fold up and crack, and they go whoa. Oh, by golly, by golly, you're right. I
1: just went to houseofdecline.com and in the search
0: bar, (laughs) you've been plugging the whole You're doing all this. You're doing all these calls to actions.
1: In the search bar, I searched for jousting and I found comic number 499, Large Hard On Collider. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that That's a good title, great. actually. That's a, I'm so glad that
1: good. at HouseOfDecline.com you can search the penis comics. Wow, what a good uh, feature. What a great, uh, What an amazing function. Amazing. I wonder who
0: created that functionality. That? He must be some sort of genius. Yeah, I mean, the comics uh, are one thing, but the website... Is... The website, man. Geez. <laughs> uh, another thing that I'm trying to do with this comic um, is... There, there is a thread in in plots where as a person's emotional arcs get solved, usually that coincides with the practical problem in the plot being solved as well. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, Mari will eventually, you know, he will save his parents' marriage and that will allow him that coincides with him being able to get back to the future. Like the emotional arcs coincide with the practical arcs. You know, someone Uh, gaining uh, some knowledge about themselves leads them to be able to complete the task uh, at hand. You know, uh, Darth Vader uh, having an emotional arc allows him to defeat the Emperor, you know, that sort of thing. But I like (laughs) it when a person's...
1: Darth Vader goes from hating sand to hating himself.
0: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You know, the self, the sand of, of concepts... He hates sand, right? He doesn't love it. Am I misremembering he, or no yeah, he, he hates sand. He it's hates coarse, sand. it's rough, it gets everywhere. It's rough. You know? <laughs> it gets everywhere. Yeah, I <laughs> I hate I hate my sandy semen. It's coarse, rough, gets everywhere. I have sand in my semen, you know. Um That's why they call it, that's my why my porn name was Sandy Siemens. Every time I came in an asshole, the guy would be itching for months, you know. Oh that's too bad. Because of all the sandy semen in his asshole, you know. That's a bad, it, it was because I was, it was because I was cursed by a crab.
1: Huh. Do, do yeah, you, I
0: guess, I, I guess that makes sense. I offended a crab at the beach and he cursed me with sandy semen. I think, um, fans may be interested in like the, um,
1: the physical drawing process that you go through because <laughs> it's I mean, like, I, I really hope people understand like how like big each individual comic is you release them in a group of four but mm-hmm. each one is like a full page and is it like an eight and a half by eleven page that you that
0: it's, it's, a, it's a seven by ten page okay. I, so a not quite a printer
1: 10. page but like yeah. a f- each one is like a full page and you have to use a lot of ink like my question is how many pens are you going through
0: well i only have one pens so we're doing if we're talking about kit i use the pentel brush pen i know but is, how many uh, of them have you gone through so the Pentel brush pen has these little cartridges that are about uh, the size of a of a small vial of crack, and okay. uh, and uh, you put these little crack vials in the pen, and depending on how much uh, how much black I'm using in a given page, it will like last for maybe two to three days. Wow so you're going through cartridges like they're going out of style. yeah tons of cartridges like crack if and you they need money is, for these
1: cartridges which is why if you want to st- see more stop
0: stop stop, stop <laughs> it no no more cartoons <laughs> no more,
1: no more. patreon.com it's done house of decline it's done.
0: show no more native advertising um
1: <laughs> i'm the king uh, of this uh, fucking podcast buddy i get to do what i want
0: there you go <laughs> you are the king you are the driver uh Yeah, so, so, yeah, it it is labor-intensive, and I often consider switching to digital because at some point it becomes much cheaper, but I don't know, something is lost, and I just don't know how to use a Wacom tablet, and, I mean, I know how to do all that stuff, it just seems less appealing to me than having an actual physical thing in front of me, you know? Um, Well, it's not It's interesting you can you can get
1: a tablet first off don't get a Wacom. get a huyan huyan oh yeah and it's much cheaper uh pretty much the same quality but it's not zero sum you don't have to like abandon pen and paper like my uh you know this is a little behind the scenes action here but my suggestion to you has been always to get a tablet and do like animation on the tablet yeah because doing animation by hand is a pain in the fucking ass
0: yeah although i still i see some people doing it there's like the this very talented animator called felix colgrave and he does these exercises where he does just one second of animation he just does 24 actual drawings in a day and he just photographs them with his phone i assume that's like on a stand or something like that they make these beautiful little intricate animations so it, it can be done and there is one, some part one of second, me though
1: hmm? he spends all day making one second of animation
0: Yeah, but that's that's how it goes. You know, if you want to make it look good, that's that's what it is. The problem with animation is that once you cut corners, it really shows. I I mean, my my frequent rants against rigged animation uh, in this podcast are, are one example of that. In order to do something, you have to make it look organic in order to, you know, let it breathe. And why those old Disney movies look so good is because there there just even simple stuff gets ignored like uh squashing and flattening yeah. you know the way that you would convey speed is by artificially you know squashing a character and having them elongate you know you can you do those exaggerations in hand drawn animation that you, you are much more difficult to do in say digital art uh or uh, rigged animation well but, i still um, think you
1: should give it a shot on the digital um you know, put it in your tool set. It's just like, Yeah. for example, and if I translate this to music, I, I can't, I'm an, you know, I know rudimentary drum skills. I could, if I wanted to purchase a drum kit and I have an, enough mics to record a drum kit, but it is much easier for me to use a MIDI drum kit. And no, it does not sound as good, but I'm also completely uncompensated for the, doing any music and, um, there's no real reason for me to do it with a drum kit, even though it would sound a lot better. Because I'm not like dedicated to that uh, part mm-hmm. of the craft. Mm-hmm. So, um, my question to you, which might be a little um, comf- well, to me, a Wacom like,
0: tablet is my drum kit. You know, well, I, I like, don't need it. I'm not dedicated to that part. I mean, of are, the craft. yeah, like,
1: are you, are you, but are you dedicated to like, if you, if you truly are dedicated to like the the craft of drawing by hand, then yeah. But mm-hmm. if if you're more interested in conveying a plot, which you spent a mm-hmm. lot of the episode talking about, how you convey a narrative in a plot, then mm-hmm. a tablet is a way to make to make your
0: your life easier. So I what the pushback I have to that, and the thing that I'm sure tablets can reproduce stuff, um, but also when you do pen on paper, there's a grain to paper as well, especially the paper that I use. I mean, they got that. Uh, in- they got the all of that. Yeah, I know they have that, but it's still the same thing with AI art. There's just like organic stuff that is is difficult to reproduce and that you know. It's like the same with digital and and analog film. The same with dig uh, the same with film and digital. It's um it's the difference between circles and squares, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, this this goes back. I mean, there's, there's analogs <laughs> to this in almost every genre. I mean, like if you take talk about guitar pickups, like the, some of the most expensive guitar pickups are the ones that were hand-wired from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the shitty guitar pickups are the ones
0: that were made in a factory in the in the 2000s. There, there's this concept called the, the de-skilling of, of labor, mm-hmm. where part of sort of the insidious nature of industrial capitalism is that people used to be artisans. You used to be able to know how to make a chair. But once you got to the factory work, you only knew how to make one part of a chair. So you couldn't then use what you learned at the factory to go on and become a chairmaker yourself because you only knew one protracted part of it. You yeah. know, that you see the same thing with uh these microchip factories in uh, where the workers only know how to do one very specific little part of the microchip and you know that's so, so they can't go off and start their right. own goddamn microchip concerns.
1: But at the same time, everyone agrees that the abundance is, mm. and the, the cheapness and abundance of these things has been a boon to human society.
0: Maybe. So. I mean, er, er, that's, the, the, that's sort of what we're wrestling with now, or the idea of, uh, is this luxury that we have, you know, should we face degrowth? Should we get back to sort of a... a I think there is sort of we've talked it before in this show. I think in our episode uh, Walden but violent, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about the this sort of back to nature thing that that comes up on both the right and the left where there is this this return quality that people want where I, I think socialist degrowth is probably the the best version of that instinct, but I, I think it's an instinct that that's powerful, one that we all have, you know, going off into the woods. Um, it's sort of like the, in an, it's sort of like a childlike instinct as well. the desire to go off in the woods. The, this desire to sort of hide away from these complicated problems because they seem too insurmountable. So what we do is reacquaint ourselves with the very basics of survival and that becomes like uh, th- that becomes our reason for living.
1: Yeah, um, and there's a you know all these like wilderness survival things is like extremely popular on YouTube and on on regular TV. There's tons of survival <coughs> shows and like w- being a wilderness survival guide is is like a, a career path that some people decide to try to do, and it's apparently fairly profitable because there's all these people who like even though they have everything they could ever need at their fingertips, think it somehow that
0: wilderness survival might be necessary at some point in their life um Um, you know what it is what i think it is and what i'm doing with the hand-drawn stuff too you know subconsciously it's it's the performance of authenticity um in the movie her there's this great uh great little bits about the future about the supposed future in the movie her which i think is now it takes place right now doesn't it or something like like that or
1: it it takes place winter of 2022 Something like that.
0: But um, I like that Walking Phoenix's job in the movie is he writes beautiful handwritten letters right. and sends them online. So it, it, that movie discusses the performance of authenticity, which um, it, in, in like a broad sense, that's been our culture, you know, clawing at ways to sort of get at this this loose idea of what it means to be real and authentic because we are beset with endlessly reproduced, you know, dreck, right? Some people just decide to go and, you know, become part of the endlessly reproduced dreck. They don't care about performing authenticity whatsoever. They, you know, the, the people who are fully on board with the Marvel stuff. And there is no there, or the, even the people who are fully on board with AI art. It's just, there's no need for them to perform authenticity. There is no, Sort of idea that there is something to be had in the organic, yeah. or in the simpler, or in the, or in the less, you know, less convoluted, the less constructed, you know. All right. Yeah. The Trillbillies
1: talk about this in terms of like how their sort of burnt out coal mining towns in the, in Kentucky are sometimes swarmed by these rich city people who are in search of quote unquote real authentic people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've m- made that into a meme, and you know, talking about how <clears throat> hotshots come to town and set up a-, a cat cafe, and they're like, "I love living people are so
0: authentic," and it's like, "Do you do you mean poor? <laughs> Is that what you mean?" Yeah, that's. That's what it is. I, I, yeah. So along with that, you get the fetishization of poor people as well. Twenty um, ten's hipsterdom was all about that, you know, Paps blue ribbon and you know and mustaches, and it was all about taking these hallmarks of the working class and uh, appropriating them for your rich so selves. In a cause way, you you wanted to convey a sense of authenticity. You know, the
1: the working man artist doesn't have time to draw by hand, Alex, and because you're <laughs> bourgeois. <laughs> you bourgeois comic artist yeah, drawing things by hand art. whereas the proletarian cartoonist has to use an that's, iPad
0: that's such a bizarre thing because it's <laughs> uh, the use of this high piece of technology or the use of stick and ch- stick and paper mm-hmm. you know <laughs> what is what is more proletarian than stick and paper versus U- using you know, an this... iPad of uh, yeah that's, that's much more proletarian is yeah. using an iPad i think that's the other thing that attracts me to sort of uh hand-drawn art is because initially there is less of an opportunity cost to get into it Mm -hmm. all you need is a pencil and paper really and you can come by those fairly cheaply at least more cheaply than you could come by a laptop with all the right software and you know um
1: yeah you need at least like a thousand dollars to get into
0: digital art making Mm -hmm. i think generally Mm -hmm. So I think that is you know in terms of the performance of authenticity, I I participate in too. I think we're all we're all participating in it. If you care about sort of emotion and feeling and you know getting to a realer place in your life, whatever that is, and I think we're all in search of that because uh, the blurring effect of our modern media stream has caused all of us to sort of become hyper-normalized and bleary-eyed with uh, this endless entertainment that blends together so uh what that produces is this is our we need to get to something more coherent or more iconic or you know more substantial than just this endless blurring effect of of constant entertainment and you know that's how i sort of started seeing the penis comics after a while because it was sort of the similar thing over and over and over again and i like producing them and i think you know i come up with good jokes at least, you know, once a week uh, by my estimation, by my high estimation of myself. But, you know, still, there's a desire to articulate something that is more specific and unique and uh, less iterative. So I I think that is also the desire to pursue long form storytelling in this fashion as well. Because it, it, it gets to a more specific emotion, you know, and in order to convey something as being real, you know, you have to avoid cliches, which is a very hard thing to do, because often cliches are the real thing. What you are feeling is the cliche, but for people to interpret it as not, you know, as authentic, they can't be reminded that they're seeing a cliche. And, you know, sometimes I'll think of like dialogue that I've written in together. That's like, ah, that's that's like I, I like at one scene when she's when Janice is in her mind with Nate, she's saying, and then there was you. And that's like I, I started thinking, ah, that line kind of sucks because they they use that line in the television show you to convey like this weird serial killer. <laughs> uh, Isn't the Beatles
1: use that line? I think, too.
0: Uh, till yeah, there was till you, there was, was you. Okay. Uh, and that's that's from the Music Man. That's a song from the Music Man, which is great. Uh, uh, and then there was you. The song that uh, I think about most, which uses that line, is uh, Third Uncle" by Brian Eno, which is an awesome song. Didn't that I we? Love I
1: think we, did we play that on a bonus episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of the songs I mention most because it gets me, it gets me amped. So, <laughs> yeah. It, it, why I'm doing this is, once again, part of this ongoing performance of authenticity. Um, at first, you know, the penis comics are authentic, or they seem authentic to me, because I'm articulating this goofy part of my subconscious. But eventually, once you start getting feedback from people, stuff changes. Or, like, once you start getting an audience, you do start thinking of them in mind. It's no longer—like, with those earlier comics, They're sort of like a nice— relief to those earlier comics because I didn't have an audience then. So mm. I was doing it exclusively uh, in a vacuum, translating my own subconscious directly onto the page. But once you have an audience, you know, then they start asking stuff of you, which is good. You should have a dialogue with your audience. You know, I'm I'm forever grateful for it, but it really changes how you approach work and how you think about yourself as this isn't just my vision anymore. It's the vision plus the influence these the thousands of people have over me, you know. Um, so, I think the the other reason why I tried to get uh, do this long form comic is because it was just so different than what it had done before, and uh, it was a way for me to get back to that. Okay, this is just my pure translating my pure subconscious out onto the page mm-hmm. without you know thinking about the the demands of this audience, which uh, you know has resulted in a net loss of followers. But who cares? You know, honestly, I had I overshot it at the beginning uh, and I still have way more than I ever <laughs> expected to have in my life. Way more people looking at these comics than I ever expected to have. So and I'm eternally grateful for that. But sometimes you got to do something personal and, and principled to the detriment of your social media numbers, because it, it pays off in the long run. You know, mm-hmm. it pays off to do these more substantial things than just sort of iterating on the same idea constantly which i've seen as an approach that that many people do that and especially with like how much i produce i was going to burn out on that eventually
1: do you really think your loss of followers is from uh together or not not posting penis comics
0: uh I, yeah well it's from elon taking over i'm sure a lot of people left on twitter when elon yeah, took I over i mean you only lost like, uh, 300 right so it's been a thousand it's been like a 1500 or something oh, but that's huh. not so when you have as much as i have that's a drop in the bucket not to sound not to sound arrogant or something like I that. i mean but. yeah everyone knows
1: that your follower count is directly correlated to how good of a good of good and cool of a guy
0: you are yeah i have more followers than you and hence i am a better person yeah there, uh, don't don't you get the picture don't you understand that's what it's about it's about person rankings
1: i mean that's why elon musk is uh with 120 it's, million he's the followers best guy. Is the
0: best guy yeah no one can doubt no one can doubt um i think uh an a, another aspect to this comment which i really like exploring is uh it's just romance. You know, we don't have a lot of romance comics or it's like it's I, I don't I don't see a ton of like serialized romance comics. And uh, if they are, they're usually in is sort of following that questionable content style of like sort of uh, weepy, like very uh, sort of anime inspired. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't criticize Jeff. Jack. Questionable content, I think, is is great for what it is it's it's not my thing but i i'm glad people like it it's been going on for a while but i i wanted to do part of those those comics is that it's like it has that this is us quality where there is a uh, as as felix biederman would put it a frictionless quality to to those comics that where there's sort of little at stake or because of the way that the characters are rendered because of that sort of simplistic um non-moody style um it creates a lack of stakes and sort of what I'm trying to do with this as well, just with the, uh, the heavy black and white and, and the, like the darkness, the general uh, overall darkness of the composition. I, I want to add more weight and more substance to it visually through that sort of uh, like a German expressionist style visual language.
1: I was hoping that maybe one of your characters would have uh, dyed pink or blue hair. You know, just throw uh, a bone ooh. to your
0: followers, you know? Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. I, I do have a lot of dyed hair followers, and I'm glad for them. Uh, I would, I, I've would. i never my dyed hair, my so... hair. The, if I were to dye my hair, I've often considered dyeing my hair silver. I often see youngsters who have dyed their hair white or silver, and I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. You're, what, you're yeah. like a Targaryen yeah well they're they're sort of weird i wouldn't want to be be a targaryen i don't want to be i don't want to be a a cousin fucker you like everything about the targaryen i don't want to i don't want to i I love everything about the targaryens i love their dragons i love their conquests i love their the hair i love their islands i love their riches i and you know eventually i would do the dumb guy voice and get to uh Get to incest, yeah. you know. That's where that joke is going. Um, I'm just thinking as a tie back as we are. I the like back. the brother sister incest. Yeah. I like the cousin incest. B- I You're like Billy, the
1: Billy Madison in House and uh. Yeah, we were talking
0: about House of the Dragon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Targaryen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm dragging my dragon and I'm going to fuck my sister. Oh, you. <laughs> <God. laughs> Yeah, there you go. That that writes itself.
1: Oh well, maybe uh, we can. Maybe 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 Ger Martin listens to the show.
0: You know? Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he does. He's he often listens to podcasts, which are just two guys talking. I mean, he consume my my think my th- uh, thinking
1: about him is he's so big and fat is because he consumes all the media, you know, and that makes you makes you a big fat
0: guy. Hey, don't fat shame, don't fat shame, Germ. Why? He's the turtle man. I can I can do whatever I want. I'm the king, king of this podcast, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's why you need to go to um,
1: patreon.com slash house of decline. Subscribe there. For $5, you get
0: an extra <laughs> podcast. Fucking Jason.
1: And uh, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a wonderful episode. Uh, stay tuned for our Christmas episode next week. Is, it is a banger.
0: It is such a banger.